My last sermon was in front of 50 Costa Rican kids and uh, did the parable of the sumer, sermon, uh, sorry, parable of the sower and the seed uh, with Pastor Gonzalo translating into Spanish. And it was quite a lively time. It's not going to be as lively this morning, sorry. Uh, but uh, we're going to look at God's word today and uh, I'm looking forward to it and I pray that you will have a sense of anticipation as we look at uh, God's word this morning. Uh, this week, Proverbs chapter 1, and next week, Proverbs chapter 3. Uh, so for our scripture reading, we'll be looking at uh, selected verses from Proverbs chapter 1, and I invite you to hear these words written 3,000 years ago, and yet still they have fresh relevance to our lives. Hear God's word from Proverbs chapter 1, uh, beginning with uh, verses 1 through 13. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge, and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. To understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching. For they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie and wait for blood. Let us ambush the innocent without reason. Like Sheol, let us swallow them alive and whole like those who go down to the pit. We shall find all precious goods and we shall fill our houses with plunder. Then we skip forward to the call of wisdom in verse 20. Wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the markets, she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy street, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gates, she speaks. How long, O oh simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? Then skipping down to the end of the call of wisdom, verses uh, 29 to 33. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, would have none of my counsel and despised all my reproof. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their way and have their fill of their own devices. For the simple are killed by their turning away and the complacency of fools destroys them. But whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. This is the word of the Lord from Proverbs chapter 1. Over Christmas break, every day, I took a three and a half mile walk at about 7 a.m. I wanted to stay active and the walk was to a park and then along a creek through some woods. Uh, it was a beautiful time of 
uh, just walking and observing God's creation. I saw a new bird I had never seen before. Uh, and also prayer. Uh, now, what is the wisdom in the walking? Well, first of all, the wisdom is to stay active. You know, walking is good, or maybe some of you exercise. This is a good thing. Now, when you walk every day in the winter, the other piece of wisdom is to dress for the weather, correct? Uh, there was one morning, it was 10 below wind chill. Uh, but I still had a wonderful walk. Why? Because I was wise in the way that I dressed. Now, of course, this message is not merely on, on wisdom of exercise. As we look at the book of Proverbs, we look at this. Wisdom for life. And what does the Bible say about wisdom for life? As we look at Proverbs chapter 1, we're going to see uh, three simple points uh, that are very important in our lives today. Uh, the first one is wisdom is walking in the fear of the Lord. Now a little uh, background here to Proverbs. It says the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David. Solomon lived about 1000 BC and he wrote or maybe collected most of the Proverbs, most of the material in this book. But when you get to the end of Proverbs, there are some other authors mentioned as well. So scholars think that this book was completed in its final form, uh, perhaps 300 years later during the reign of King Hezekiah. Now, when we uh, begin here, it says, to know wisdom and instruction to understand words of insight, verse 2. Uh, this book is wisdom literature which is a type of writing in the ancient world. In fact, there are other examples of wisdom literature that have been discovered from uh, early Mesopotamia, which would be present-day Iraq, and um, ancient Egypt as well. Some of these wisdom literature pieces date to 2000 BC, a thousand years before Solomon. Now, what's interesting is this wisdom literature that has been discovered, some of it has a, has a lot of parallels with Proverbs, except the Proverbs is in the Bible, and there is one important key difference, which we will look at in just a moment. Now, when you think of wisdom literature, uh, you don't think of deep theological concepts. Wisdom is practical. It's the stuff of life. How do you live your life? And uh, it can be clever. It can be deeply thoughtful. Also, there's a moral component to wisdom as well, but it all comes back to how do you live your life? And uh, that's important for us in this, this culture in which we live. Uh, perhaps you come across different little, little bits of wisdom uh, in your daily life. Like I, you know, I, I'm always uh, seeing little articles on, you know, the five steps to sleeping better. Okay, and maybe some of you have been like, ooh, there, there's some wisdom here. I like this. Is, this helps me, right? Or uh, wisdom in terms of staying fit and healthy. Wisdom in terms of weight loss. Of course, there is financial wisdom. Uh, there's also wisdom with apps, apps that can help us to be more efficient, more productive, and oh, this, this is a good app for me. There's some wisdom here, right? 
So uh, this is all, all fine and good, right? Uh, we like to uh, learn these little life hacks and, and bits of wisdom. Uh, but the Bible goes deeper. And how does it go deeper? Verse 7. After we hear about the introduction to this book on wisdom, we read these words. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. The words, the fear of the Lord, occur 15 times in the book of Proverbs. It is a foundational theme of this book. And not only is it the beginning of knowledge, which is things that we know, throughout the book it also states the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So how do you use this knowledge to make right and moral decisions? It starts with the fear of the Lord. And so this is the key point that sets Proverbs as wisdom literature, sets it apart from the other wisdom literature in the ancient world. Now, the fear of the Lord obviously is focusing us on God and not just, oh, here's some interesting little uh, life tips to make your life better. Um, you need to start with a focus on God in order to have a true and flourishing life. Now, these little wisdom tips that you uh, get in culture, uh, what is the point of these? It is to help your life, right? And actually, what is the book of Proverbs? It's to help your life. However, to help our lives, we need to start with God's created order. How has God designed us to live? So necessarily, in order for us to be truly wise, it begins with a focus on God. God's design for creation. Now, I, I learned a little something about the book of Psalms. I mean, I've read Psalms a lot. I never knew this before. So uh, I'm just going to share this with you quickly. Um, if, you, if you take notes and want to jot this down and check this out later, this is, a, this is a little advanced level Bible here. I thought it was kind of cool, though. Okay. Psalm 111 and Psalm 112. Just keep that in mind. You can look it up later. Psalm 111 and Psalm 112. These two Psalms belong together. And why do we know that? Because both Psalms are the exact same length, same number of verses, and both Psalms are the exact same style of poetry. They're both a Hebrew acrostic poem set right next to each other. They also both begin with the words, praise the Lord. Now the interesting thing about these particular two psalms is Psalm 111 ends with the fear of the Lord. And Psalm 112 begins by stating the fear of the Lord. Now Psalm 111 is all about God, focus on God. It's about God and God's work. And Psalm 112 is all about what we should do. So you see, when you, you put these two psalms together, you can understand a little bit more about the importance of the fear of the Lord. And to truly get the fear of the Lord, you need to first understand who God is and what he, what he does in this world as a faithful God. And then out of response of knowing who God is, we then live our lives in the fear of the Lord. So kind of interesting how those two psalms uh, are set together 
in the book to teach us something about the fear of the Lord. Now, let's take a a little closer look on the fear of the Lord and, and explain it. And I'd like to think about faith, our heart, and then living. Okay, faith, our heart, and living. Uh, first, faith. Uh, in order to understand the fear of the Lord, you need to believe, obviously, that God exists. And that this God that exists is both a great God and a good God. Secondly, you need to believe that this God has created a moral order for his people, people created in the image of God. God has created a moral order for us to live under. So morality is not something that we create. Morality is something that we acknowledge given to us from God. So God exists. He is good and he is great. God has created a moral order. And then one more key thing you got to believe. God is watching. God is with you. God sees everything. Sometimes we don't like that. But this is the truth. God sees us. When there are big events, we often read that there is a lot of police presence. Why? So that they're watching the people. At big school events, there is teacher and chaperone presence. Why? Because we are watching you students. Now, when I was in high school, I became kind of a nice guy to my sister, my little sister. She was three years younger than me. But when I was in middle school, I still struggled with, <laughs> with being nice to her. And I remember, you know, since I was in middle school, I was old enough so my parents could leave the house. And uh, when they left the house, they weren't watching me. And if my sister were here today, she would say, oh, yeah, there were times, oh, he just, he was not nice with me. You know, I was, I was just not nice. Why was I not nice because I could get away with it because my parents weren't watching. Now we have to trust and believe that God Almighty is watching us. And if we truly understand that, it, it makes a difference in our lives. So this is our, our, our faith, what we believe. And this is important to get when we think about the fear of the Lord. Um, Now, when we think about our hearts, uh, simply put, our hearts need to be soft toward God. We need to be humble, and we need to be teachable. Uh, Throughout the whole book of Proverbs, it, it talks about if you get this book, you need to receive the wisdom into your life. And uh, very often this book does address the simple or the youth. In just a minute you'll see it, it addresses the son, but it also addresses adults. This book even addresses wise people and says, Listen to God's word so that you may become wiser. So all of our hearts need to be humble as we approach this idea of the fear of the Lord. And then, now here comes the the crux of it, living out the fear of the Lord. And simply put, if I was going to put it in one word, this is the key word. It It is obedience. It is to obey God. Because God exists, he is great, he is good, he has created moral order, and because God is watching, we are called to...
to obey God. And when we obey God, we are walking in the fear of the Lord, which means we are walking in wisdom, which means we are walking in a flourishing way in life. Because this is how God has created his order. So, obedience, the key point. Now, very important, fear does not mean dread or despair. Fear in this context does not mean scream and run. Sometimes that's what we think about when we think of fear, right? you know, and you take off. It's, it's scary. This is not fear in this context. So, so what does it mean? Um, often people say the fear of the Lord is uh, having a deep, a deep reverence for an awesome holy God and a deep respect for God as well. And I would say, yes, that's the fear of the Lord. But I was thinking, I was thinking about the fear. Why use the fear of the fear of the Lord. And uh, so I thought, I thought of this. Uh, when a person is afraid, there is an automatic response. So the stimulus and response. The stimulus is something that makes you afraid. And then the response with fear is typically what? Fight or flight. Right? Fear and then <laughs> fight or flight. Um, I've only been scared once in class. It did not end well. I was uh, teaching one day, and a student, a big strapping lad, came into class late with a hall pass. And instead of walking up to me, actually I was teaching here, he came from this direction. Instead of walking up to me and giving it to me, I don't know why he thought this. I mean, students, they can think wacky things sometimes. Instead of walking up to me, he walked behind me and he put his head right here. And I did not even know. I mean, I was so focused. And all of a sudden, he went, hello, and it scared me. Okay, now do you think I did fight or flight? Actually, I did fight. And I didn't even think of it. He said, hello, and I went, ah, bam. And I elbowed him right in the chest very hard. Like, he knocked back. The rest of the class, they basically almost fell on the floor laughing because they were like, are you kidding me? Our teacher just elbowed a guy in the chest. And I was like, first of all, I was like, wow, I'm pretty strong. Then I thought, wow, I'm going to lose my job. Then I thought, oh, he's all right. This is good. Um, the, the reason why I tell, that, I tell that story is in that moment, I didn't, I didn't weigh my options. It was just automatic. So the point is this. When we really get the fear of the Lord, when we really get who God is and that he is watching, when, we're, when we come up against situations, God wants us to come to a place in life where it is automatic. We automatically do one of two things. Flee sin or run towards obeying God. This is what the fear of the Lord does. And it is something that we have to grow in and mature in. It's not considering, well, should I obey God or not? Should I do this good thing God is calling me to? Or should I engage in the sin? Maybe, maybe not. It's like, I'm living in the fear of the Lord, and God is calling me to obey him and do this. 
I'm living in the fear of the Lord, and uh, this is sin. I am going to reject this and go away from it. Uh, Because a holy, awesome God is watching me, living in the fear of the Lord. Um, I spent most time, uh, most of the time in the sermon on, on this point uh, because it simply is the foundational point of the book, living in the fear of the Lord. If you remember one thing about this message today, it is, I am called to obey God by living in the fear of the Lord. God is watching me. And this is actually a good thing. It is a life of blessing that God is leading you in as you walk in the fear of the Lord. Uh, second, wisdom is walking with the right people. Uh, we come to verse 8. And uh, actually, this is walking with the right people, verses 8 through 19. But actually, in the broader context, this is on and off. Okay, verses uh, 1, 8 through chapter 9. This wise call to walk with the right people. Uh, It begins with, uh, Hear my son, your father's instruction, forsake not your mother's teaching. So all, if there are any kids, middle school, high school, any students right now, if you have zoned out on this message online, if you zoned out, knock them. Okay, focus. In here, if you zoned out on the message, you need to focus here. Okay, And, and here is the deal. In your life as students, there are going to come a time when you're going to hear a voice from other people that say, do this. And you know that your parents' voice is telling you to do this. Okay? The wise path is 100% of the time, listen to your parents' voice. At the moment, you might feel like this is the more fun voice, the voice in which you will be more accepted. Maybe, maybe not. But that is not the wise voice if it contradicts your parents' voice. The parents' voice is the wise voice for your life. This is what Proverbs is saying. Hear your father's instruction and your mother's teaching. They are a blessing for you. Now, the book then goes to an extreme example. I mean, this is so extreme, you and I read this and go, ay, 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 obviously this is not me. Uh, But the example that's given in Proverbs is my son. If there are a group of guys that are saying, come follow us, be friends with us, and you have this temptation because you want connection and relationship, so you have this temptation to go with these guys Let's say, come with us, and we're going to commit crimes. And it's worth it, because we will get free stuff. It's greed. So it sets up, here's this relationship connection, and because of greed, we are going to reject God's moral code. And we are going to hurt people, we are going to hurt innocent people, who cares, because then we can get the plunder then we will be more wealthy. Now I think to myself, yikes, well this obviously is not me. However, we should ask the question, are there people in our lives that are 
influencing us in a wrong way. And we should ask the question, how well do we live with contentment? And are there any little seeds of greed that harbor in our hearts? Maybe we are not the extreme of this passage, but there are places in our lives that we could be challenged by this passage as well. Um, have you heard of the five chimps theory? Yes? Uh, zoologists have discovered that they can predict the mood and behavior of a chimpanzee by observing the five closest chimps to, to this chimp. So they look at these five, observe them, and then they can predict the mood and behavior of this one. Uh, some have said, I don't know if this is 100% true, but there is a nugget of truth in this, I think, that you and I are the average of the five closest people in our lives. The point is, other people, do they do affect us. God has created us as, as social beings, and other people affect us. And so while we are called to be in this world, to be a witness into this, in this world, we are called to have relationships with all these people around us, we need to be careful about who the people are that are feeding our lives, uh, that we are the closest to, because they will affect our lives. So wisdom is walking with the right people. And then lastly, wisdom is walking toward the right voice. Uh, Proverbs 20. Wisdom cries aloud in the street in the markets. She raises her voice. Now this is a key uh, uh, metaphor in Proverbs for the whole book, but specifically verses, uh, chapters 1 through 9. Uh, there is this uh, setup between Lady Wisdom and Lady Folly. And it's a, hey, young man, who are you going to listen to? What voice are you going to hear in your life? Are you going to listen to Lady Folly or are you going to listen to Lady Wisdom? And so here we have the, the call, calling out. Uh, wisdom is in the street calling out. And, and what does she say? What does she say? Uh, verse, uh, verse 23, listen to me. I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. Listen to me. And then in this passage, if you reject the call of wisdom, all sorts of negative words are used. Terror, calamity, distress, anguish. Basically, awful consequences. And uh, the point here is, don't just listen to Lady Wisdom, walk in her way. Uh, you and I, oh boy, there are times in our lives we know what is wise, and we don't do it. For one reason or another. We know the wise path, and yet we walk the other path. But to truly listen to the call of wisdom is to hear the voice and then to walk in that path. Uh, verse, verse 33, but whoever listens to me will dwell secure, will be at ease without dread of disaster. When you listen to wisdom, what's happening? Wisdom is speaking God's truth 
And God's truth is showing you the way to walk. And this way will lead you to true life. The way, the truth, and the life from wisdom. Wow. Have you ever heard of those words before? The way, the truth, and the life. Well, yes. Jesus. Jesus is God's wisdom come in human flesh. The Lord Jesus calls out. He calls out to people and says, Come, follow me, and I will give you a path of life. And the beauty of Jesus being the way, the truth, and the life is Jesus calls you and says, Okay, be honest. How have you lacked wisdom in your life? Still, come to me. I don't reject you. How have you made foolish decisions in your life? Okay, repent of those decisions, and now come to me, and I will graciously, lovingly accept you. And as you look to me, as you look to Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life, he will put his spirit into you, enabling you to walk a life of wisdom in the fear of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Gracious and mighty God, we are thankful for your word. We thank you for how your word can be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Oh God, please help us to see your wisdom. Please give us wisdom in our lives, in all of the decisions that we will make this coming week. And we pray, O oh God, that we would fix our gaze upon Jesus as our way, our truth, and our life. And as we fix our gaze on Jesus, may we truly live in the fear of the Lord. This is our prayer, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen.